Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. What's going on, everyone? Adam Hogue, Nicholas Moriano, Will DeWitt. Will's in the dungeon again. <laughs> kind of. Looks, looks that way. It's very dark and gloomy, very representative of what you guys just walked through to get to this show. We're just happy you're here, quite frankly. Yeah, we didn't think we were going to make it. Um, thought we were going to be flying sideways. If we would have ended up by the car, that would have been perfect. But as soon as we got done with the 60-second takeaway video, all hell broke loose at Hell's Hall. Raining sideways and everything was going on. Yeah, uh, one umbrella for two people carrying two backpacks with a lot of expensive equipment inside is not an ideal situation for what felt like a monsoon. And as you know, Adam, we have to park pretty far away from Hell's Hall. Uh, so it was a treacherous little trip, and luckily I don't have to like wear pajamas on this show. We're almost to that point, but the shirt I wore dried in the car pretty much, and now we got some shoes in the dryer for later because our tennis shoes just got soaked. Yeah, I have to say I feel a little bit uh, bad because I think I beat that by like two minutes maybe, and I don't think me texting you would have made any difference because I think it was already too late. But I still should have texted you and said, hey, uh, it's, it's very <laughs> dark and black outside because that's <laughs> what it looked like. Um, and what I drove through was uh, tough enough. So um, the fact that you walk through that, I'm very impressed. So this is what these guys do to bring you the show. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Also, noteworthy is the uh, much like Michael Jordan back in 1994, the whiteboard has declared, I'm back. See that, everybody who's watching? I know Lawrence is shaking his head behind the scenes right now. Like, can't get rid of the whiteboard. It finds a way. <laughs> Face palm emoji in Not real really. life. It's, about- it's got the right dates on there too. So we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be better, but it's back for sure. <sighs> All right, well, thanks to uh that's for those of you that are listening on the podcast and only heard that sigh, um, just picture Lawrence as a the actual facepalm emoji. And that's what the friends on YouTube just witnessed there as we get going here <laughs> on the CHGO Bears podcast. Another padded practice today. Off day tomorrow for the Bears. 
lots to talk about. We'll jump in. And by the way, sorry we were late. It is because of the rain and all that, but appreciate everyone sticking around and through the rain delay, it happens. Uh, best and worst of practice number seven. Yeah, I'll start it off here from the best thing I saw today. Uh, in the team drills, uh, Justin Fields connected with Nikhil Harry over the middle of the field. It was a really nice throw. It was a dart. And Nikhil Harry, who I think has been having better practices for the last two at least, came down, made the catch, and, you know, it was just a good good throw by Justin Fields, good catch by Harry, and a nice way to – and nice to see it happen in team drills where obviously you have multiple defenders around the area, but Nikhil Harry made a nice catch over the middle of the field from Justin Fields. I like that one. I know it's going to be in our notebook as well because uh, that's the play that I highlighted in my notes. I'll stick with wide receiver, but I'll talk about Darnell Mooney, and I'll go a little bit earlier in practice with the one-on-ones. And I know those are very advantageous for the offense, for the receivers. However, Darnell Mooney's route running was on full display uh, throughout the majority of that drill. Every time he took a rep, he was getting a verbal reaction from the fans in attendance with his route running, uh, able to full out multiple defensive backs, doesn't matter who's covering him. And it's just real shifty. And it just, it's just, it's impressive to watch, honestly, like to be as blunt as possible. I'm damn near impressed when I watched Darnell Mooney run those routes. And when he's uh, highlighted and showcasing that one on one environment, I think it's on a uh, full display and everyone appreciated getting to watch that. So I think that was the best thing I saw today from any bear. Yeah, I agree that Darnell Mooney's route running has been on display pretty much in every practice, but especially today, um, that was definitely uh, one of the highlights. Um, I would say that the best was just seeing a functional offense go down the field and score a touchdown versus the first-team defense. And I believed uh, – I believe – Justin Fields described the uh, touchdown pass to Mooney at the end of that drive as uh, relatively easy. Use the word easy. So um, now that was a play that they had a rep going. They, they stalled back in OTAs. They've repped it a lot. So it was just good to see a drive down the field and a score. So that would probably be the best thing. Um, I'll just circle back to the worst. And that was like just the first half of practice offensively before they got to that point, starting in individuals. Like I jokingly t- tweeted about Nathan Peterman being on fire, <laughs> but yo, the other quarterbacks were, they, they throw at this big giant net thing that has two squares that catch the ball. If you get them in there, like fields wasn't even hitting the whole thing. And so, like, okay, not a great start. Then they got to one-on-ones. Um, just a number of plays that didn't get connected. And then I have in my notes from the first team period, this was before they went into, like, that situational um, – what, what was it, Everflus calling it? Like, the play-it sessions where they just run mm-hmm. run it like it's an actual game and the coordinators actually call the plays. I'm talking about the scripted period earlier – uh, Justin Fields had a pass to Valus Jones Jr. That was dropped by Kyler Gordon. Should have been picked off. Dropped by Kyler Gordon. And then there was another one to Cole Komet that was so far behind Cole that it was actually also behind Jaquan Brisker who was in coverage. And he couldn't catch it. It was... So I'm glad it got turned around. I'm glad the offense looked 
more functional in the second half of practice. But for a while there, especially coming off the heels of yesterday's practice, like that thing was not moving in the right direction. No, no, it definitely wasn't. I think Will and I, for our worst thing, it's like a kind of a joint thing here. It was after our video was done, just a rainstorm that we saw, which we didn't know was happening until we got up the stairs, walked up, we're like, oh, you just hear the rain out there. It's going sideways. Like I said, Stacey Dales, Adam Rank were like, you guys are not going to walk through that. So that was easily the worst thing of practice, seeing that, um, you know, just afterwards. And obviously we made it, but worst thing for me. We're here. I, I got one from practice that I'll definitely highlight. It was a uh, rep where it was offense versus defense, and there was some pressure in the pocket for Justin. And I don't know from our vantage point, we couldn't tell if he got contacted or if he just kind of slipped oh, because yeah. he was trying to like, move away from that pressure. And it was like an awkward kind of slip. And everyone was like watching. Ooh, like you don't want to see your starting quarterback make any of those, uh, you know, movements that just look a little awkward and a little scary at that. So that was probably the worst thing I saw today because uh, for a moment I was kind of like holding my breath with everyone else there in attendance. And yeah, you just don't want to see it. So that's why it's automatically the worst thing I saw today. Yeah. All right. Um, I saw that too. And I was glad he was okay. Cause it was just, it was like his knee just gave out all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know if it was like, he just stepped up and it buckled or what it was like. We didn't ask him about it, you know, in the press room after the fact, but yeah, I think we're all just glad and happy that it was a non-issue, but still in the moment, it was the worst thing that I think anyone saw. Yeah. And like two plays later, he had a huge scramble that, you know, but like, okay, he's fine. Everything's, yep. <laughs> everything's going to be all right. Um, all right. Overreaction of the day. Any of you got one? Hmm. You know, yeah. I was thinking about this, Adam. It, this was tough, but you got some, Will? I was just going to say that, uh, you know, Mr. Joe Thomas is uh, going to end oh. up being a high-end starting linebacker for this team because, man, he was just all over the field here today. Multiple noteworthy plays, uh, lining up against David Montgomery, coming out of the backfield, staying with him stride for stride, getting a PBU. That was a great play by him. And then, uh, afterwards, too, he had uh, another, I think, what, a big hit uh, in St. Brown that forced that ball out. Yeah, can we talk about that? I'm still confused <laughs> about why that wasn't a turnover. Right. It's the, he hit like, the ball. They, it was a catch. Not, well, Adam Johns and I were talking about this because up in the bleachers because we were – at first I was like, well, that's not exactly a fair play because he, he popped them pretty good to the point that – like that was a football hit. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, and, and, and by the way, I'm all for that. There's nothing that says you can't do that in these padded practices at this point, but it wasn't a live period. So if you're Equinamius St. Brown, you're not expecting to just get popped, and he does, and so he loses the ball. Now, good learning lesson there. Always hold on to the ball. Expect the worst. Expect that to happen. Um, but, like, did they not count that as a turnover because maybe – Thomas went a little bit too far with the hit or where they were just like, screw it. We're going to continue the drive because my best thing I saw today was that touchdown drive. But if there was actually a turnover on that drive, cause that was the same exact drive then I'm a little confused about what we were actually seeing. Hmm. Good point. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't understand exactly what it was either, but to the point of Thomas making plays when and where he needs to, that's two days in a row where I was, you know, he was someone I was able to make multiple notes on. So my overreaction is we don't need Roquan Smith. We're good. We have Joe Thomas. 
<laughs> that that is a big one. Um, and I wonder too, guys, like what what is being said before these practices actually happen in terms of the level of physicality? Because there were some like Kendall Vildor had a pretty big hit on uh Keneal Harry, and like he just bounced off of it. But there were some hits being delivered, so I wonder what extent they can actually do that. Um, my overreaction actually involves Kendall Vildor. He's going to be your starting outside corner. And I don't know if that's even that big of a reaction based off of where Kyler Gordon's playing because he's seeing a lot of those reps on the outside. But Kendall Vildor, who I know a lot of fans have mixed feelings about, is going to be the outside corner to start week one. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's an overreaction as much as it's just like Not great news. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. That's, I, I, I'm going to no. leave with Adam. I think it's the second point. Yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he, Alfredo gets okay. it in the chat. Yeah, he's been, he's looked okay out there, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, Man, overreaction for today. It's, it was tough. It was tough today, guys. Like, it was kind of a mellow practice and... You know, not too much. Effort. How about this? Equinemius. Am I saying that wrong? People keep saying I'm that. I'm saying it wrong. Equinemius. 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 Now, unless I get, you know, critiqued on how I said it, but I thought that's how you. Equinemius. I've been saying Equinemius. I think. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, our commenter clarifies. Well, this is what camp's all right. about. Like we're working through some of the the road bumps too, uh, as well as well covering the team. So I think it's a good time to get it down, and it sounds right to me okay. at least. Well, okay. Justin Fields called him EQ. So my own reaction is that EQ will be the Bears' number two wide receiver. Okay. Again, I don't know that that's a good thing. He had nine catches last year. But um, he had a good, okay, the ball that got knocked out was, like I said, he should hold on to that ball. He's been having a pretty good couple days of practice the last couple days. And this is probably just a good segue into uh, what I wanted to talk about, which was my wide receiver rankings, my power rankings, as I put it, in my um, Bears Things newsletter. That went out this morning. If you signed up in time, you should have it in your email uh, box. And uh, if you didn't, you can still access it. If you are a member, a CHGO member, you can still get it at allchgo.com. But one of the things in there was my wide receiver power rankings, which seemed like a good way to sort of sort through what's what's a kind of a wide open wide receiver room after Dar Darnell Mooney. So obviously Darnell Mooney's number one. Nothing's going to change that. Um, but after that, I put EQ number two. And first and foremost, I'm just curious what you guys' reaction to that is. No, uh, based off of what I've seen, I know, Nick, you've been to more practices than I, but, you know, St. Brown has been a consistent player in this offense. And Field said, you know, after the fact today to the media, like when we're in the room, like it's just due to the fact that, 
you know, EQ has been in this offense for so long, so he knows where he needs to be. He's always in the right spot, and that does help Justin right now as he's still growing in this offense as well as uh, the other receivers. So that head start is what I believe is allowing St. Brown to be that number two guy right now just because he's been so consistent uh, each and every day. I know today was probably his best day, but he still is a player that has surprised me out there. So I think number two makes sense right now. The other guys that we'll talk about have – you know, haven't flashed as much or they have, you know, been a little bit more inconsistent than I think uh, St. Brown has. For me, I think with Byron Pringle, he's probably the the one that's in contention for that number two spot. But I just know, like, going back to last week, there are some practices where he had a couple of drops and it, it carried over to another practice. And, yes, he, he's definitely made some plays. I want to make that known, too. But in terms of, like, I guess at recency bias, these last two practices, I would have to go St. Brown as of right now until maybe Pringle shows me a little bit more, it becomes more consistent. Then I think that that's fair to say. Um, we'll have to see once, uh, obviously they're out, the bears are off tomorrow. They'll continue the practices Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but yeah, I think that's fair. So, but, uh, and I want to be clear, like I'm doing this as power rankings, not what the depth chart is or will be. It's not, there's a there's a difference there. So, you know, I think many people are looking at this like, okay, Pringles should be the number two wide receiver, probably is the number two wide receiver right now. I'm going off of, as we try to sort this, like who's performing best at this point, and obviously Mooney's number one. Pringle did have those drops, uh, and, and that to me has been kind of disappointing. Um, Valus Jones Jr., I have fourth behind Pringle, He's fine. I was hoping for a little bit of a faster start from him, but then Tuesday he made a couple nice plays, so I put him there at number four. But to me, even before today's practice, because I wrote this yesterday, um, actually, technically I wrote this before yesterday's practice. I think yesterday's practice just kind of confirmed it. Um, but with St. Brown there, I, I had already felt at that point like he had been the second best wide receiver I had seen just in terms of does he look the part, which he does? And then is he actually lining up in the correct places, which we heard from Justin Fields? And that's going to carry some huge weight when he's making those comments today. Which wide receivers are you gelling with? And St. Brown's name comes out of his mouth right away. Like he couldn't wait to say that. Um, you know, he's getting that rapport with the quarterback, and that counts for something. So counts for a lot, I think. So I, I put EQ there at number two. Um, and I think the last two days of practice have only reinforced that. Uh, but I am curious, like beyond that, how you guys would maybe rank your top at least five, five or six wide receivers at this point, based on what you've seen. You want to go ahead, Will? <sighs> yeah. So I'm looking at, I, I pulled up the newsletter in my inbox, by the way. So I'm, I'm looking at your list right now, Adam, and, I think your top four are correct with, you know, Mooney, St. Brown, Pringle, Jones Jr. Bayless shows me more during the one-on-ones than he does right now in seven-on-seven and team drills. Like when he's one-on-one, he's Mm -hmm. winning a lot of these battles against some really good, you know, defensive backs, whether it's Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. Like I'm seeing Bayless make these plays in these one-on-one situations, but when we get to these bigger drills with more players, he's not getting targeted as much as I would like right now and getting those opportunities. And when he does, he's not really capitalizing on them just yet. So that's why he would be number four. And 
five, I think, is a crapshoot right now, depending on who you like. I, Harry's slightly moving up, and when we get to your rankings, I mm-hmm. have a question on Harry for you, Adam, uh, as we kind of move forward. But someone that keeps popping out is, you know, Chris Fink. He's been very, you know, solid throughout. Why is Pettis your number five? Because he's popped here and there for me, but I don't know if he'd qualify as number five for me yet. I love to see it because I'm, I've been very high on him since the Bears signed him, but has there been anything specific that kind of moves him to that spot? Because again, I think right now, five through eight, very interchangeable, at least in my perspective. Yeah, well, I totally agree with that, first of all. And to, uh, to illustrate that point, I think I had Pettis at number eight until yesterday's practice and changed that because I thought Dante Pettis had a really good day yesterday um, and also had a pretty solid day today, too, even though this mm-hmm. was already out. Um, but to show you how fluid it is after that, and I was kind of I got past Valus Jones and I was like, really, none of these guys have stepped up. And then yesterday, ironically, with all the talk about the offensive struggles, I thought it was one of the wide receivers best days. Like they were actually making some plays, making some tough catches. Pettis was among them. Simba Webster uh, had a nice catch and run up the seam from Mm -hmm. fields on uh, Monday's practice. Fink's been a little bit more consistent, I feel like, which is, you know, he's not going to make any crazy plays for you, but he did have a nice catch today, I think, actually, uh, in one-on-ones over Kyler Gordon uh, on the left sideline. Then I have Nikhil Harry. At number eight. So why don't you ask me that question about Harry you were going to ask? Yeah, I just want to know. So today he had an okay day. I think it was a rough start for him. But then, as Nick mentioned, down the stretch, he did come away with a couple of plays, whether it be the tough contested catch that he had over the middle of the field when he got that big shot from Vildor from behind or being in the right spot for Justin on that little, like, you know, like a shovel pass that he did on the run, which also picked up a first down. So when you see those plays, like, you may not be able to like quantify this, but like how many of those plays do you need to see from Harry to kind of move him up into that top five category? Because I know it's been a lot of hit or miss, but like at what point does the hits mean more than maybe a few of the misses that we see in practice? As Justin said, like Harry is still learning this offense. He's a little behind, even though he's picking up quicker than, you know, he thought he could heading in. So my concern here, I can totally understand the offense thing. Um, it's interesting that I thought even today he was getting quite a bit of run run with the ones, uh, including in that situation that you guys broke down. Here, here's here's why I'm not overreacting to that one play that you guys are talking about. It was in traffic. I was actually surprised he caught it based on what we've seen so far. It was like, wow, he finally made not an easy catch. I'd love to see the video again, though, because I didn't feel like that was a ball he had to go up and get. Am I wrong in saying that that pass was still? I think it was chess level. Yeah, chess level, um, which let's credit the quarterback. Very accurate throw Mm -hmm. put right there on the money on the move. Um, It was a great throw by Fields. It was in traffic, but it wasn't a go up and get the ball type of play. I have been terribly disappointed in his ability to make any type of catch where he has to adjust his body and do this, this really anything. He's not making those plays, even in one-on-ones. 
So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt of him arriving here late and anything that has to do with the offense and things like that. But I'm just talking about one-on-one, beat your guy in those drills. I haven't seen those plays made, and I feel like he's gotten more than a handful of opportunities to make one of those plays that the Patriots thought he could make when they drafted him in the first round. So um, I think it's been a very slow start for Nikhil Harry, in my opinion. I'd agree with that, Adam. I know yesterday it was, again, one rep one in, in the one-on-ones, but he went over Gordon. It was a high pass, went over him, made the catch in the end zone. And obviously after Fields missed him initially in the back right corner, came back, caught that, he was wide open again. And you see that pass over the middle. I think for him, he, he's stacking some days in the right direction. But you would like to see the consistency a little bit better. Being as big as he is, it feels like when he is going to catch a ball, it's almost going to get to his body. And then he makes a catch where it's like, use your, use your frame, use your radius, make the catch, and let's see if you can actually be a consistent weapon for fields in this offense at some point. But I think for me, like just to put my uh, two cents with the power rankings, I got the first three as you guys have it. And then it would be Bayless and Harry for me. And then, you know who was – David Moore was actually making some plays today. Did you guys see yes, that from was. Simeon? Yeah. A couple yeah. – see 18 out there? Like, okay, David Moore um, making some plays out there. But, yeah, the back end of the wide receiver room, I feel like on any given practice it could fluctuate just depending on who's actually taking advantage of those reps. I think the good news for Bears fans listening, though, is the fact that you mentioned, Nick, you know, David Moore had a really good, you know, day to day with a few flashes. And Adam mentioned that he had one of those on Tuesday as well. Daz Newsom had a couple flash plays yesterday in front of us uh, in the red zone, making a good catch, diving along the pylon, uh, as well as today in one on ones. He had another really good route that had, I think, uh, Stroman on the ground. And uh, from there, he's able to come up with a good catch. Uh, same thing with Pettis. And so like guys that are now that the pads are on and we're two days in, like the fact that we can say like there are a few receivers now, like making plays and consecutive practices or flashing a little bit more now as we get into this first preseason game in a little over, you know, a, a week now, uh, that excites me. Like the fact that we're starting to at least we can at least point to all these guys and say, hey, you know, they're making the most of the opportunities they are flashing a little bit. Obviously, we have a long way to go, but at least it's not like here are five guys and everyone else is just silent. At least we're from top down. We can at least point at most of these guys and, you know, pick apart a few, a few different plays here and there. Yeah, we have a comment from Josh that I want to address because he said that's disappointing for Nikhil Harry because in college he did that all the time. Um, I'm assuming if I'm reading that right, he's talking about going up again in the football. It, it, it's one of the more mind boggling um pro careers from college, you know, college to pro transitions that, that I've honestly ever seen um, because you're absolutely right. I mean, this guy has an unbelievable highlight tape from Arizona state. Like that's what he did. He made incredible catches all the time. So if you were to tell me that he didn't make it in the NFL because you know, he didn't pick up NFL offenses or he just started struggling against NFL corners and didn't quite get the, you know, he wasn't winning as open. He wasn't getting open as much. Um, maybe his body's changed, which by the way, I think his body has, changed. doesn't he look big to you? Have you guys noticed that? Yeah. And not necessarily Bayless in a good way is what I'm saying. You know, Bayless still described him like he's built like a Greek God. 
So I don't know okay. if he's just too big. To, 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 I don't know. But the, yeah, Velas is like, yeah, he, he's built like a Greek guy. Like, dude, I just I mean, don't see him adjusting five. the footballs in the air like, like you, like, like you guy. saw at Arizona State. That's what I'm saying, and and that's what's weird to me because you would think that in one-on-one situations in practice, that part would have still translated. Um, like I'm telling you, go watch some of his Arizona State highlights. It's like he has like stick them on his hands. He just puts the ball. It's like Velcro. The ball just sticks to his hands, and now it's like the complete opposite to me. I don't understand it. Am I am I being too harsh here? It, it's really, it's con, it's very confusing to me. No, you're not being too harsh. You're ad, absolutely correct. The fact that he's not making the plays that he's built to make, as well as did historically in the past. Like as I've mentioned, like he's made some good plays here and there, but the ones that you expect him to go up and get, like. The ball's in the turf more times than that. So I don't think it's too harsh. And you're just kind of pointing it out as like to what it is right now. And we'll, we'll see if that changes. But no, you're you're absolutely spot on. I think we need to still see what the timing of things. Like even on a simple fade route where you do use your body to go up and get the ball where it's back shoulder, whatever it may be, it still does come down to timing even in seven on seven. So I'm curious, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, after getting a day off, maybe could reevaluate, assess how he's done so far. Can he make those adjustments? That's maybe where we'll see what Nikhil Harry's all about. But like I said, I think he's trending in the right direction from how he first started when obviously the pads weren't out. All right. Um, yeah, a couple people pointing out that it's probably, you know, in between the ears, it, it seems like a confidence thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's the only way I can really explain it. And you hope that, uh, and I think that's what the Bears are banking on that. Maybe it just clicks. Maybe it gets over that somehow. Um, I'd love to see it. Like, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I'm telling you, I was, he was like one of my favorite guys to watch in college. And it just has not translated to the NFL at this point, which is why it didn't um, work with the Patriots, why they eventually traded him. And I got, I got, I think we got to talk about something when it comes in regards to evaluating these players and what we're seeing here in a moment. But first, the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app. Use code CHGO when you sign up, and if you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better because if you see an edge in the game you're watching or if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, you don't just have to watch the game. You can bet along with it live. Follow your bets the moment they hit. Stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now. Use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It is time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Chicago sports fans, your home for the best. Chicago sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. CHGO has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Bears, Cubs, White Sox, Blackhawks, Bulls, FOCA will have something for you, your kid, a friend, or a loved one. And if you're looking for new gear, especially at Bears training camp, 
Pogo has officially licensed gear for men, women, kids, with everything from bobbleheads and swimsuits to those Crocs, which wouldn't have been a good day to wear, especially because it rained. But Foco has got you covered regardless with the best Chicago merchandise around. So you can head on over to FOCO.com or click the link below in our YouTube description. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. All right, real quick. I feel like we need to address this because it is not a it has not been just directed at us. It's been kind of directed at a lot of people watching these practices. Okay. Us telling you things that aren't necessarily great from practice does not mean we're being negative. It means we are just telling you what we're seeing. We are also spending a lot of time each show telling you good things. A lot of that stuff's been on the defense, a lot of things with the rookies consistently every single day talking about Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, and Darnell Mooney's route running and all these things. We're trying to tell you both. Um, when some of the not so good things persist, it might come out like the balance is more towards the negative side. Kind of like the bears record probably will this year, guys like that's I, unfortunately the reality of the situation is the football team that we're watching in practice is in a rebuild. And they got a lot of players that need to, to start playing better. So we're just out there telling you what we're seeing. Um, today was actually better, I think, for a lot of the offensive stuff. But when, you know, we get asked about a player and that player's not playing well, we're going to tell you that it's not just being negative. It's just telling you what we're seeing. And trust me, if we were, uh, if we had the great fortune of covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, this show would probably be a, a lot different vibe on a, on a day to day to day basis. But as we always do, we're going to try to keep it fun and entertaining for you along the way throughout all these days, whether they're good, bad, we always try to do that. So, and occasionally, there's going to be a little rant here about a player who's not playing very well. Okay? That's all. All right. What else do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> want to break down the Bucks? How's Akeem Hicks doing down there in T Tampa? I haven't been paying attention. Neither have I. My girlfriend's like, man, I, I, that was her favorite player. It's like, I wish, you know, Akeem Hicks was still here. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of Bears fans do, but hey, he's with Tom Brady now. It's his best chance to get a ring, so I think Bears fans will root for that as well. I, I will say, um, you know, going back to some of the good stuff, because one of the things that started to happen the last couple of days, and I, I think we were joking around about this on this show yesterday, was about, because uh, you can read my five questions with Cole Komet, if you like, in the Bears Things column that came out. That chemistry had been looking really, really good, and then all of a sudden it slumped the last couple of days. But towards the end of practice today, uh, Cole Komet also made a tough catch over the middle on a well-thrown ball by Justin Fields. And those are the exact type of catches I've been talking about that he needs to get better at. Um, so that was another good thing that I, I saw. In those situations that had kind of been a tough watch at times until today, like just, again, I go back to the offense, moving the football, getting first downs, in what was a real simulated drive where the coordinators on both sides are calling plays as it goes. They're not scripted. That was good to see. And then they were running uh, towards the end of practice, two-minute drills, but before the half. 
Um, which, by the way, makes more sense. Remember when I questioned the coverage before one yes. of those field goals? I was like, I was thinking that that was a fourth down situation. I'm sorry, excuse me, a fourth quarter situation where a field goal would win the game. And I was like, why the defense just give them five free yards for an easier field goal? <laughs> before the half, I get that because you're trying not to give up a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, okay, we can concede three points here. We just don't want to give up a touchdown. It made more sense. So. Yeah, it's all about getting the information, and then we can draw those conclusions and figure out exactly what the heck is happening out there. Sometimes we can we do our best given the situation, you know, during the actual heat of practice. But no, like you, I was very pleased uh, with what I saw from the offense here later today because the end of yesterday's practice was so sour. The fact that they were able to kind of bounce back today in team, and on top of that rough start to the practice for most of the positional groups on offense, and to kind of keep their poise, pick it up. And then, like you said, move the ball down the field and put points up on the on the scoreboard. I, I think it was good. And it was not just, you know, one or two players. You know, Justin is the primary guy behind this, but he was finding Cole Komet. He was finding other players that were able to get some good gains on the ground, too, uh, as well. So just looking all the way, I thought it was a, a better outing with some good progress moving forward. To go back really quick to that Cole Komet reception over the middle of the field, there were a bunch of defenders in the area. And I thought before that play, like there was a there was a pass that got batted down that was intended for Komet. I know he slipped in one of the one on ones uh, that were happening earlier. So I'm like, all right, when's Cole Komet gonna make a play? And then then that one happens, and he does it in traffic. It has to come back to the football a little bit, something that obviously with his frame, his size, you want to see him doing. So it was a good play for him to kind of have that because, like you said, Adam, since since you kind of talked to him, it's kind of been. A little up and down for Komet, but that that was an encouraging play to see. And there's going to be situations like that in actual games where Fields has to trust Komet. They they've obviously worked in the off season with the chemistry, the timing, and things. And that's a type of throw that if you can rep it now in practice, you're hoping he can make that in game time because it's it's a tight window and you want to give it to somebody that you trust. There was one more too play that actually just came to mind. That was a uh, throw from Justin to Darnell Mooney. It was kind of like a. I'm going to say a bubble screen. I just saw the play. You know, I saw when the catch happened. It was right by the line of scrimmage. And he was able to make one move, get around Eddie Jackson, really just due to his impressive speed and quickness to get you know that acceleration and get up to full speed uh, in a hurry. And then downfield, I thought that play was blocked really well, and Darnell wasn't touched for about 30 yards before he was able to get ran out of bounds. I think that was Jaquan Brisker who came in and was able to kind of finally force him, squeeze him out of bounds to end that play. But seeing this Bears offense, take a pass that doesn't travel very far, but still be able to come up with a chunk play, something we haven't seen too much of over the last couple of years, uh, I think is another positive sign in the right direction too, that some of these you know, quick passes to the outside can t- potentially lead to some bigger things as well compared to what we've seen at least recently. Uh, one of the topics I wanted to switch to real quick, guys, um, before we get to you know emptying out our notebook and answering some questions, Matt Eberflew said today, that he will play his starters against the Chiefs. Um, based on all the questions about that, I was like, wait a minute. Is that game this week? Did I miss something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understood the original question, like trying to find out, you know, his philosophy. We don't get to talk to the head coach every day anymore. Um, but uh, then there were more questions like, well, how long? Like, what are your general philosophy on this? Like, have you have you called Andy Reid? You know, what are they going to do? I'm like, guys, the, week's, the, the game's still a week away. Um, it's all good. 
but the uh, the headline from that was that uh, he will play his starters. It sounds like a significant amount. I've learned to be careful that sometimes that can turn out to be like two series, two, three and outs sometimes. <laughs> like uh, he, Six plays. He said, he Iberflu said that they haven't narrowed down like exactly how many plays it'll be. So that could still fluctuate again. That game's still 10 days away from right now. Um, that game against the chiefs, but I do like the fact he's going to play his starters. He seems to understand that they need it. They need to play. Uh, Justin Fields needs the game reps. So what was your reaction to Matt Eberflus revealing that he will play the first teamers? And he said, everybody, I don't know if he literally means that. Like I'm probably not going to play Robert Quinn. Somebody like yeah. that, I'd, I'd honestly be a little bit careful, even with like a David Montgomery, maybe only limit him to one series, something like that. But the quarterback, the wide receivers, they need to play. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. And I think this is also a great opportunity for Luke Getze to, you know, get the calls in to Justin Field, which he said will be a part of those first teamers that will play again. How much we don't know, but that that's what you, I think you need to get that at least for a series or two against the Chiefs. You know, like, where's Luke Getz even going to be? If he's going to be on the sidelines, he's going to be up in the box, whatever it may be. But it's now against another team and not Bears on Bears, but Bears versus Chiefs. And, yeah, I, I'm all for that. I think we, we've we seen some mixed, mixed results in these practices. It's time to see what you can potentially do early on in the season against another opponent. So all for it. And I think, honestly, you know, this offense could, can use some competition and – you know, see what they can work out, some of those kinks, whatever it may be from the, the play calling standpoint to actually executing. But I think it's a good call that a majority of the offense should be playing in the preseason game. I would have been very confused if his answer was anything other than what he told us here today. Like, How many starters outside of Fields, Mooney, Montgomery, Komet, and Whitehair do you really have on this offense right now? Like you're, you're still working through so much. You're working through all these receivers. They're shuffling around this offensive line each and every day, swapping guys in and out with the first string as well. There's just so many unknowns. Then there's only three preseason games now. Like if he wasn't playing his starters, I think that would warrant a much bigger discussion. But the fact of the matter is like, this is still a complete work in progress. This is a very young football team still trying to find its way, its own identity, new coaching staff trying to figure out the best players to not just start, but also put on this final roster and, they have a lot of questions that need answering and they're going to have to take every rep possible. And that includes preseason games. So I'm very uh, excited to see what these starters can do in a game environment, whether or not Andy Reed plays his for only a series or, you know, a series or two and the bears keep theirs out a little bit longer. It doesn't matter. It's still good live game reps and it should help them again, even though they say starters, I'm assuming you're going to see multiple receivers come in who knows if they'll put like half of an offensive line, you know, together just to see some other guys in starting reps. So we'll see, but whatever it is, it's the, uh, the experience needed for this coaching staff right now as they continue these evaluations. No doubt about it. Well, before we get to the final portion of our show, you guys, I got to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. This brand is a 100% plant-based protein company that gives you high quality and carefully selected ingredients to keep you functioning throughout your entire workday and especially after an intense workout. In these protein shakes, you get your vegan omega-3s, your green superfoods like broccoli, kale, and spinach, and all these amazing ingredients just reinforce what Owen stands for. 
only what you need. We first heard about Owen from Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. Got to check out the Pro Elite Chocolate Shake. Easily my favorite. And what's cool is that CHGO and Owen have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. When you use the code CHGO20, you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. Again, that is 20% off with the code CHGO20 at liveowen.com. Join us here at CHGO, Justin Fields, and try Owen, only what you need. Real quick, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't joined the CHGO family yet, I really encourage you to, to consider doing that here today. Uh, there's a lot of great benefits by becoming a member. You unlock all of our premium written content on our website. You get uh, discounts to our merchandise. By the way, if you sign up for an annual membership, you get a free T-shirt. And I think Adam in his newsletter today said doing that, the shirt's worth it itself because like our shirts are well-designed. They're super soft. Nice. They're yeah, nice there's shirt. my favorite one right there. Skyline. It's beautiful. You can check that out at the CHGO locker. Uh, but on top of that, like I said, and uh, there's a lot of great re reasons to join this community that we're building. Uh, I know we just launched this thing in March, but I'm really proud of the community that is currently being built here at CHGO of big, passionate sports fans just like you. And whether it's Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Sox, Cubs, Red Stars, Fire, you name it, there's a you know there's a channel inside of our Discord. It's an app that we use to kind of communicate uh, to our listeners as well as our viewers here on YouTube and the readers and just people who are part of the CHGO family. And it's just a great way to talk with like-minded fans uh, like us, like yourself. And yeah, I think definitely go to allchgo.com. Uh, become a member today, it's cheaper than Netflix per month, and you get support local journalists like us so we can continue covering our teams. And uh, I love covering the Bears full-time now, and uh, definitely join us to keep our dreams moving forward. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have in, these, in our notebooks today, guys, before we get to some questions. We started a little bit late today because of that uh, rainstorm you guys had to run through. I'm looking out my window right now. It looks sunny. So I don't <laughs> know what you guys... Baby. I don't know what you guys staged, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. to, uh, you know, try to create out there because you knew you're going to be late, but, um, yeah, no. Uh, all right. I had, let's see a lot of the stuff we've already talked about. Oh, random player. I don't think we've talked about who Wait, hold on. what I, it's always sunny outside your house because you're, you're just such a positive guy. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Yeah. That was very nice. Wait, are we playing bear? Not a bear. This actually could have been. I think I think we probably know he's a bear. Um have you guys heard of Ryson John? Reeson John? You guys know how to say his name? Even what number? <laughs> Seriously, this, this one would have got me, I think. 87. Oh, I 87. Oh, the tight end. He's that big ass tight end they have. He's 6'7, 220. Yes. Played at something called Simon Frazier. He's with the Giants for a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's actually he been in the league. Go. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a third year NFL veteran. Um, very big dude, hard to miss. Made a really mm -hmm. nice catch today in one on ones. That's why I noted the 87 in my uh, in my notebook. So I want to make sure I brought that up. There you go. Uh, I have Kyrus Tonga. Um, in the backfield a couple times in my notes here. And yeah, you know, it's a guy that maybe doesn't, I don't know, get a lot of um, publicity, but Hey, he, he's, I think he's, he's making some plays here in, in this training camp. I definitely noticed a uh, big number 95 today. 
Yeah, I mean, for him making this position switch, we've talked about it. We need to see him in the backfield this camp making those plays. And today I thought he did have a decent, uh, a couple amount of plays uh, against the run. I know they're not pure live reps, but I swear Tonga would have made that tackle uh, if it was. Mm -hmm. He's in the right spot, and that's half the battle. Uh, He'll have to finish once they go through live reps. But him being in the right position uh, was a very encouraging sign for me. Uh, Sticking with the defense during individual drills, I was kind of watching – uh, the defensive ends, Al-Quadin Muhammad, Robert Quinn, uh, Dominique Robinson. Like, it was just, there's so many, like, good reps from them in terms of, like, being fast and fluid and punching those dummies and, like, watching them hit the turf. But Muhammad uh, was very impressive during that. But I thought Dominique Robinson, just his speed was evident uh, in the bend to get around a corner uh, for a player that's still a little raw at the position, but the athleticism was on full display. And I do want to note, that Duke Shelley did not practice today. Uh, we did see him out there uh, in a bucket hat uh, and on the sideline. So he didn't participate in today's practice as well. So people should know that. Uh, outside of that, what? Doug Kramer, Sam Mustafer splitting reps at center today with the first team. I'm sure people mm-hmm. like to hear that. And uh, outside of that, I think I, all my notes I actually did discuss as well. Yeah. All right, Lawrence, let's jump into uh, oh, you, uh, Okay. It's been an interesting day in the comments, hasn't it? It's You've been, had to sort yeah, through it's been, it. it. It's been wild. Yeah. We've been a lot people of not on, not people not understanding that this is a bit now or mad that we don't know the roster. Yeah. It's a fun and, game, guys. We're just having fun here. Of everyone saying how oh oh the whole everyone in the Bears beat is this guy's the most negative. No, this guy is. So you're being negative about the Bears beat writers. Cool. Yeah. Um, right. Anyways, let's see what we got here. Uh, let's see. Who do we want? Oh, uh, John Johnson. This was earlier. I want to know how Braxton Jones did. We didn't get much offensive line talk today. Good point. Um, I think that's probably a good thing. You know, I didn't notice mm-hmm. any like full on. Although you know what, there were there were some plays that probably would have been sacks. Less penalties though today overall, yeah. like false starts, pre snap penalties. So they fixed that up today, and Ibrafus actually mentioned that in the presser. But yeah, there there were still some sacks that would have been had this been a game-like scenario. I, I find it very interesting that he's gotten all pretty much all the left tackle reps with the first team the last couple mm-hmm. days. Riley, Riley Reeves been emerging more. In fact, did he even rotate with Larry Borum today? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I saw a tweet from Kevin Fishbane, and Kevin said he saw it, but personally, every time I was watching the offensive line for first string, I saw 75 at right tackle. You saw 75, not 78. Right. I saw Borum playing right tackle first team all day long. I didn't see 78, which is Reef, get thrust okay. up in there at all. But well, then I, it must have, it must have been a rotation then because I did see 78 and was thinking that 75's reps had actually gone down. Okay. So it's yeah. just a matter of when we're looking, so, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't – It's you. there is not enough time to uh, mark down on every single play. Who's all 22 players. That is impossible. So it must've still been a rotation. The point there being the question was about Braxton Jones. I find it very interesting that he has just been, you're the first team left tackle the last couple of days. So that's just like Mm -hmm. a pre-planned stretch that they're going to do here to get Riley reef reps on both sides. Or did he actually do something to earn it? I think we'll find that out then after the off day this weekend tracking, Hey, did that change? Did they keep it the same? But at this point, like, I don't know how else you look at Braxton Jones other than a serious competitor 
at left left tackle, and I can't wait to see these preseason games to see how he does. Yeah, yeah. no, same here. Um, you know, Matty Refus talking, speaking about tackles, uh, did comment on Tevin Jenkins today. Apparently, he's he's in the building. You guys, right? Working with those trainers, definitely mm-hmm. not on the practice field, but apparently, Tevin Jenkins is in the building, working with those trainers. A hundred percent injury related, according to the head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was one where his words oh, yeah. and I don't know, just like the tone of his voice didn't add up either. Ooh, well, that brings us to this one. Uh, Joe <laughs> Calandriello, I believe is how we say that. Kendra, Ken, whatever. Uh, out of curiosity, what would happen if you called these coaches out for their BS responses? I know y'all hate the coach speak and secrecy as much as we do. Thanks, boys. Yeah, I mean, look, it's always a give and take. Um, you know, I mean, if you're asking to like get into a vo- verbal altercation with the guy, like that's probably not going to happen. That's probably not going to help anything. It's probably not going to help get more honest answers. Look, I-, I think we're all feeling out the new coach and it's a tough, it's it, with this Roquan thing and the Tevin Jenkins thing, they, I think they could be seeing a little bit more to help the situation out, but I, I don't think that that's their stance right now, especially when it comes to Devin Jenkins. Like, I don't think they want to do him any more favors. So that's, that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. Nothing to say. All right. So yes, we can't, it, it's just, it's just tough to yell at the coaches in front of them because it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, uh, how about Ninos Adam here? He was saying, I keep hearing Fluth practices are way more grueling than Nagy's, but we're not given examples of why or how. Can you guys inform us on the differences? He also asked another question like, like what's the difference between where the Bears were in 2021 at this point versus now? Sort of a, like give us a, a ranking of the two. I think, honestly, it's like tempo, you guys. The, the speed of which certain drills are happening – and then the limited amount of time to get to the next drill. Like there is a sense of urgency, I would say. So that's why when we're kind of writing down notes on some of these plays and things are happening, it's like, yeah, you could get a couple of plays within a, I don't know, even a minute window of like, here's one rep, here's another rep. So I just feel like with the Eberflus, there is a sense of urgency. Players know that. They have to be on top of things. Eberflus is staring down some of the defensive guys when they're in drills, like calling some of the guys out. So I think that's been pretty apparent so far throughout this training camp. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of breaks or really any breaks at all. Like I can go back to like in my mind, like Trestman, Levy Smith, even like in those days where they'd stand around drinking Gatorade for five minute breaks, you know, in the middle of practice. And with Coach Eberflus, like you, you don't see that. The only time someone's standing around is when they're doing full 11 on 11, like the, the situations that we saw today. And they had the offense on one sideline and the defense on the other sideline to simulate that game situation. But outside of that, every player is moving at all times. And like Nick said, the intensity that they are being asked to do uh, to adhere to in these reps. It's a little bit more than we've seen in the past. Well, and they're being graded on it constantly and they're being mm-hmm. called out in meetings when they're loafing. Um, you know, I did to me, like the simplest way to explain how it's different is Matt Nagy would talk a lot about how intense it was going to be and how much they needed to, to callous each other. And then in practice, you, you didn't really see it. 
Um, now, I still am curious to see if this gets a little bit more physical, maybe more live periods. But remember, this is the same coaching staff that already got dinged uh, for being a little too physical in the uh, OTA period. So I think that in practice, they have actually practiced what they've talked about, um, which is a big difference. And you just see it in little things like running from drill to drill, rep over, running back to the line of scrimmage, and that stuff is all measured and graded. So they're being held accountable on it. And I um, I think it's paying off so far. All right. Uh, let's get to a couple of uh, just uh, guys that like personal or names, names here. So let's start with uh, – this a Heldebrand who said, do you think Ebner or Evans makes the team at running back number three? I think Ebner does for sure. And he had a nice play with the twos today where he caught the ball. Was it, would you call that a swing? I didn't really see it until he caught the ball. So I didn't see the full route, but all of a sudden he was wide open on the left side of the field with nothing but green grass. And yo, that speed was on display. I was mm-hmm. like, Whoa, he is fast. Yeah, Dave uh, Montgomery fast. talked about it too. Yeah, the speed, just like Ebner's got that extra gear, and you know it's noticeable in that running back room. Yeah, and more times than not, when the third team's taking those reps, I feel like I'm seeing it Ebner taking more of them than Evans right now, and Ebner is the one that keeps flashing more than Evans. So as of today, uh, I'm going to go with the rookie. All right. How about Odin's Eye here, who asks, any word on blasting game? Fullback actually get handoffs or touches? So I didn't see any today, like in terms of like touches, but there was a uh, couple of plays when the bears were doing a lot of misdirection in terms of uh, everyone was going one way quarterback would kind of fake over to the other direction. And there was a free rusher coming at, I think this is Trevor Simeon and he was a uh, blasting game, gotten right at the position, got a good block on that linebacker and allowed that play to extend and make the completion. So uh, I know, there, Nick, you've seen other plays at camp uh, from him as well in terms of like being a playmaker of the ball in his hands. But in terms of being an extra pass blocker and allowing the play to succeed, I, I did see that out of him today. Yeah, and I mean, what, yesterday he scored the touchdown on just that it was like a simple, it was a short mm-hmm. pass in, in that goal line situation. So, yeah, the fullback has been, he's been used. All right. Um, how about this one from Darius Morgan? So does Kramer have a legit shot at backup center behind Patrick? Again, it's like the Braxton Jones thing. Based on the reps we're seeing, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still with with Lucas Patrick out. He's been getting reps, and um, it looked like he was rotating with Sam Mustafer again today at center. It's a little bit surprising to me, um, but good for him. Like he's obviously doing something they like. And he's still out there every single day getting those reps. So it's like with Braxton Jones until they look like they've been demoted. Absolutely. I think he has a shot now. Uh, And depending on how long Patrick's out, that's, that's a very, very interesting situation. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Lucas Patrick, he was at practice. He was just kind of near like where they had the bikes watching. You can see that his hand was wrapped. He had the, like, like a worse than yours. Uh, probably better. It's more full. I went with the little little wrap on the wrist there. But he was there. Lucas Patrick surveying, especially the, the team drills. He was just kind of watching over. 
All right. Uh, not so much a question, but I like this from Leap of Faith. He says, Equa, what's your name, Ias? That's good. <laughs> I think Please it is a question. <laughs> I, I think so. Ah, sure, that's kind of a question. Um, and then this one is definitely for Nick, some from Randy. Anything new on the three tech? Anyone stepping up uh, as a solid second behind Jones? Our three no, tech I'm beat seeing... reporter. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Um, 98, Mikai Du Treadway. I think is I I put in 98 in there. He had a nice batted down pass to the line of scrimmage. Kind of just being some again, I wasn't expecting to see Treadway even in, in my notes, but 98 has showed up here and there, so maybe keep an eye on him. But other than that, not too much on the uh, three tech. I'm just waiting for you guys still, Mario Edwards, to do something. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. You're talking about starting a fight. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm waiting for. Yep. So maybe well, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll say the coaching staff, when they talk to us, and I've heard it from a few Bears too, mentioning that they really are placing an emphasis of like not getting to that level of altercation because mm-hmm. it's bear on bear and it's a whole team. And I appreciate it. We'll see if it, you know, training camps, they get heated. Uh, and I, I, but with Mario Edwards, we've talked about it. He has to kind of cut that out if we want him to be a better player on this team, because he's always had issues containing that anger in games and getting those personal foul calls on him, and just playing a little bit too loosey goosey at times. So if they can rein him in and it's evident because he doesn't get into that little scuffle at camp, maybe that's a, a good thing, but we'll see. It's still early. It's still very early. Will went full Joey Gladstone on us there. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah, uh, I, don't know I was David. trying to figure out the yeah. exact reference to it. I, I I watched Full House, but I was very young. Yeah. Hey man, that's that's fine with me. All right, this one's from uh, Cubs twenty five twenty seven, who was trying to call me a coward for not wanting to put this on screen. Uh, he says, "Did Ryan Poles fail Justin Fields <laughs> with his decision to not invest in the offense this free agency period?" It's too early to tell. You can't. Yeah, I mean, like. Here's the thing. There's only so many reps you can have in practice. And I understand the thinking of let's clear the books for the future and give a bunch of young players an opportunity in these practices to emerge and show us something. Um, I say that with the expectation that wherever that doesn't work, whether it's on the offensive line or in the wide receiver room or um, perhaps even at linebacker or something, you know, opposite of Roquan Smith, wherever that is, they'll make moves. You'll see waiver wire moves. You'll, you might see another trade or something like that, like bringing in, like they did with Nikhil Harry, which may or may not work. So when you say to not invest in the offense, I think you're talking about like a big move, a big big contract that sits there for a while. I think that that'll ultimately decide it. The answer to your question will come in the regular season. Cause if it all backfires and nobody emerges and you can't find somebody else and Justin's just running for his life constantly, then that could be a situation where you say he failed. Um, I also don't think it is unreasonable to expect a true franchise quarterback to elevate the players around. And to make those plays anyway. So I think that's part of the calculus here for Ryan Poles too. They're testing Justin Fields to a certain extent and hoping that he elevates all these guys around him. And that's still in play as far as I'm concerned. 
Mm -hmm. All right, y'all, let's get it out of here with uh, this from Visadin Highwin, who says Rogers is here because he is a hands-on owner. Okay, I get that. That's funny. And uh, Dan Payton points out that Jose Abreu just hit a three-run bomb, socks up, four zip in the bottom of the third. So, Hogue, nice. you can be positive about that. And I can we'll be get our... positive. Well, did the fireworks at least wake up Tony in the dugout then? What a loser. Jeez. My God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, funny. I can't. I can't say all the things I want to say about that guy. But uh, anyway. Well, you can, actually. Yeah, F him. I mean, seriously, fire that guy. <laughs> what a joke. I mean, Giolito said something last night. I saw Merkin's tweet about how, oh, this is the type of game where we get our swagger back. You're a 52-51 and 51 team that just beat the frickin' Royals. Like, really? That's the game that's going to get your swagger back? No, those games Settle have come, come and gone like 10 times now. Yeah. All right. Thanks for sticking with us at the start of the pod. I know we were a little late. Uh, Nick and Will are safe and dry and <laughs> and with us. Um, we're back in studio tomorrow. How about that? Wait, oh, yeah. what? I have to go to the office to see you guys tomorrow? Yes. Oh, I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Bears are off. We are not. We will have a show for you tomorrow, 2 o'clock. We'll be right back here. Plenty more to talk about. Please follow us on Twitter. Uh, subscribe. Like the pod. Hit that like button. We appreciate all the support from everybody. Thanks to new members who have signed up in the last, not only a few days, but also the last couple of weeks since training camp started. We're going to keep going strong with our training camp coverage. Tell you the good plays. Tell you the bad plays. And have fun along the way. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out, y'all. Have a good one.